This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Ringgit and cents on BFM 89.9, the business station. Good morning, you're tuned in to Ringgit and Sense, the show all about personal finance, and I'm Sim Wee Boon. When we think about pets, we think of them as lifelong companions, best friends, and beloved fur babies. In fact, pets have been scientifically proven to provide relief in so many ways to their human counterparts, but unfortunately, they can be quite a strain on your wallet these days. From the initial cost of buying a pet or adopting one, to veterinary costs, to buying pet food and other toys, it's really not cheap to have a pet nowadays. But the good news is that with proper planning, owning a pet doesn't have to be financially burdening. So to discuss this with me today is Joyce Chua, CEO of Success Concepts. She's a proud mummy to Buddy Jr., a very cute four-year-old Shizu. Good morning and welcome to the show, Joyce. Let's start with uh, maybe the initial expense when it comes to getting a pet, right? And you're a dog owner, so let's uh, talk about the dog dogs, right? How expensive yes. is it to maybe adopt or buy a dog? The the thing about uh, a dog is, is that, you know, it's a living thing and it eats and they have you know, eventually have medical problems. So the the cost is not so much of where, when you adopt or you go buy a dog. It's more so of the recurring ones. You know, the the love and care that you put in just as, as for me, my dog, Buddy Junior, is my fur kid. So I give him the best, except for education. <laughs> so uh, it's expensive uh, on a recurring basis. So now in terms of adopting, of course, that's better and, and definitely more cost effective. Buying depends on the breed. I, I bought my Shizu um, at uh, 1005 and I think that's quite a good price. Uh, but if, if it's other breeds, like for example, a Kogi or a Shiba Inu, you know, I heard that it can go up to 6,000 or even 10,000, depending on whether, you know, they, they come from a, a good lineage of uh, champions. So it really depends. And if a dog uh, it's, it has an MKA, what do you call that? The chip? MKA then, cert. Then, then MKA cert and it is microchipped. And um, and if you buy if you purchase it from a breeder, it can be a bit more expensive. So for me, when I bought my my second Shizu actually, Buddy Junior, I ensured that uh, he, he didn't have to have microchip, so therefore a bit cheaper because I wasn't going for competitions for him. I just needed a companion. Therefore, his name Buddy Junior. <laughs> Yep. Now, if you're looking at the, the adoption and so at a point of adoption or purchase, uh, then that's when the cost of owning a pet starts because licensing is cheap. It's just 10 ringgit, you know, and uh, of course, microchip and some people go as far as having a passport for the pet, you know. Uh, so the microchip then becomes more expensive, maybe 100 ringgit, but usually costs about 30 to 100. Now, of course, you, you know, when the dog becomes a little bit more mature, maybe close to a year, you might want to spay or neuter the dog. So so it's, I usually do that. So I did did that for Buddy Jr. when he was, uh, I think, 10 months old. Uh, he's a male. And so I spent about 300 plus to spay and neuter. So it can, it can go between 300 to 800 or more. Depends on the breed and the size of the dog or the cat. So the cat, cats are cheaper. Uh, then you have the vaccination. And vaccination comes every year. In fact, he's due for his vaccination. And you have that uh, preventive deworming tablets, which I normally don't use tablets, but I, I, I do the injection every year so that I don't forget to give him the tablets every month. Uh, it can cost about 70 ringgit per year. So those are the initial costs that will you will need to be aware of, you know, because 
when you adopt or you have a new dog, these are things that you have to do quite immediately except for neutering spaying if the dog is uh, still a puppy. And likewise for cats as well, cats' price also depends on the cat's reads. And it could range anywhere between 600 ringgit to even as high as 4,800 ringgit. I think those are for the Persian cats and all. But when it comes to adoption, are there adopting fees that you're aware of? Do, do you know, because like, you know, when you go to animal shelters and all, do, I mean, I don't think they just simply give it away, right? They might, there are some costs that comes with you adopting some uh, uh, an animal from a shelter, right? Yes, I believe there is. Uh, I'm not sure about the adoption fees, but uh, I believe there are fees involved, maybe just a very minimal one. And usually these are set up for uh, the pet, uh, the, uh, you know, for, for the charitable purposes of that particular adoption centre for the welfare of the other pets. So I think it's very minimal. Uh, I believe it is, it is just, you know, a couple of hundred dollars. How, how much is it? How much is it for like when, so you, you bought your dog from one a shop, right? You're not, you didn't adopt your dog, right? So when you, no, when I, you did it, yeah. has it already been spayed and vaccinated and everything? Or do you have to do it Nothing. yourself? Nothing. So you would have yeah. to do it yourself, right? Yeah. And then I think similarly for cats, that would be the case. Maybe slightly less in terms of cost. I think when it comes to spaying or yes. neutering a cat, it can be maybe about half, half the, the price, price of a dog, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, so I mean, half well, cats price. are half, half the size of a So even for dog, if you neuter and spay, say one of those toy poodles, right? It, would it still be the same cost as like a huge Labrador? <laughs> They don't really care. I, I don't think it's the same cost. Okay, okay. <laughs> I don't think so. Got to ask the vet. Yeah, but yeah. I don't think so. Okay. I mean, that's why the range. Yeah. Right? And okay, you you so, mentioned annual checkup. So is it the norm to have an annual checkup for the dog? Or is it more like, should it be every six months? Or is it when you go ch- check up uh, when you need to? I mean, what's the norm? And apart from checkup, what are the other health costs associated with uh, your pet? For me, checkup annually is the minimum requirement because I believe in prevention than cure. Uh, during the checkup, he will have his vaccination. He will also have his, what do you call that, the heartworm injection and a bit of check on his heart because my previous buddy senior passed away from um, deterioration of the heart. So I learned my lesson. Uh, so I decided to yeah do that. And what are the other medical, well, so far, he's thank God he's young and he's um, I mean he's four years old and he's still not he, he, so far there's no problem but there are some congenital you know problems with Shizu's for example uh, itchy skin you know so I, I have sent him for diarrhea <laughs> ate the wrong things and then uh, he has got itchy skin so that that will probably cost me uh, sometimes hundred ringgit for consultation and medication. That sort of thing. Um, apart from that, he has not had no problems yet. Uh, but definitely as he grows older, I do expect medical expenses to go up. Yeah, you so know? you had so, that with your prior, with Buddy Senior, right? Maybe you can yes. talk about that. Like, you know, um, what was the cost associated that? How was the the kind of like experience in terms of how often you go? What was the process like for you? I had sent him for yearly checkups too at that point. But of course, once in a while, I'm not on time. But when I sent him for yearly checkup, I think when he was about uh, 11, not, you know, he passed at age 14. So, so between, for three whole years, I had racked up his medical fees, like maybe, I don't know, uh, five, seven times <laughs> or even 10, uh, depending on what I did. So I was told that he had a, um, a, a valve uh, degeneration and um, he was coughing and, and he had this 
coughing spells. I thought he had choked on something, but apparently small breeds will have that kind of problem. And so then I um, had to put him on medication and a medication, you know, a few tablets, and it would cost me uh, every month close to 200 to 300 ringgit. And then, um, then as he got worse, uh, of course, the, the medication also went up. It, it went to probably three, 350 per month. Um, and then I got him onto a very more comfortable state because I know I, there was nothing I could do. Vet said the only thing you could do is to do an open heart surgery, which will cost you 100,000 Singapore dollars. And that's totally ridiculous. So I said, okay, I'm going to enjoy his company, make him comfortable, gave him whatever he wanted. Uh, and um, I sent him for e-echo uh, at uh, one of the vets. Um, and uh, I think it cost me, you know, uh, maybe about 3,000. I, I, can't, I can't remember, about two, two to 3,000. And he was hospitalized for a while. Each hospitalization cost me, uh, depending, uh, depending on medication and all. And he had special soft foods because he was not eating. Um, and um, it was... It, it could cost me between two to three thousand each time he went into clinic um, because he gave me false alarms. Um, but after a while, towards the end, I know that there's nothing I could do, you know, and I wanted him to be at home with me and not pass on in the clinic. So I just made him as comfortable as possible and he was not eating. So I had to get special diets, which cost probably three times what I usually pay for it. So yeah, it was heartbreaking. I think the most one of the most heartbreaking thing it, to spend on is his cremation, which means that you know there's you know you don't see him after that. So the cremation, if you do mass cremation, is cheaper. But I didn't want to do mass cremation. I don't know whether his bones are his. So I decided to do a cremation which is private. Uh, cost me about a thousand thousand two, and and I didn't want to opt for burial. Burial will be six thousand and up. I'm so sorry that that happened to you. And I, I think the saying uh, "all dogs go to heaven" uh, applies to this context. Uh, but yeah, not not a not a cheap endeavor, right? You know, getting uh, your uh, sick uh, pet uh, treated, visiting the hospital, and I can only imagine the cost to range. Uh, slightly less uh, also I think it all depends on the conditions for cats as well right because again you yes. know veterinary science veterinary care is a very specific standard service these these were all with private clinics right uh, and, yes yeah, uh, and, and you mentioned Singaporean dollars so they are even to the extent where some specific treatments are only like some disease that us humans, humans go through right are only specific yes. to skill sets that are available outside of Malaysia so that that's also another cost that you can consider should something so tragic befall you, right? That's right. And because they are for kids, so you, you'll spend, you know, just because you love them. Of course, there's another choice when there is a medical condition, you send them to the animal hospital in UPM and it's, it's, it's I believe it's so much cheaper but you have to travel all the way there if you don't live nearby. So you have to wait, that sort of thing. So that I heard that it's so much cheaper. Yep, the public veterinaries, yeah, they, I think UPM, uh, I'm not sure, I think maybe even Chiras KL or some other parts also have them but like visiting the public hospitals for us humans, right, um, you have to yeah. face with... Uh, unlike private clinics, I think they only open weekdays. They have certain hours, you know, open the weekends. So, you know, whereas private clinics, mm-hmm. there are those... Most of them are probably you can go on the weekends. Uh, they're even on-call veterinaries, right? Yes. That's, that's what you... I mean, the difference between public and private clinics. But we're going to take a short break for some messages and we'll come back after this. Don't go anywhere. Stay tuned. BFM 89.9. Welcome back. You're tuned in to Ringgit and Sense. I'm Sim Wee Boon and today's topic is the cost of having a pet. Joining me to discuss this is Joyce Chua, CEO of Success Concepts. She's a proud mother to Buddy Junior, a very cute four-year-old Shizu. Now, Joyce, let's talk about 
food. How much do you spend on food for your pet? You know, my second Shizu, we, I make sure that I do more prevention than cure. You know, um, I take care of him. That means I give him better food. I mean, um, I, Buddy Senior was my first dog. So I just gave him food that was, sometimes I buy kibbles from the shelf. But now I know there are different types of kibbles. Um, and that I also need to give him salmon oil. I need to give him good treats, not just any treats. Um, and I, I need to give him a bit more wet food, not just kibbles. And I make sure that he is not obese because uh, if we are obese, then there are a lot of health problems. So I don't overfeed him uh, because dogs are normally generally greedy. <laughs> they don't know their limits. So, so I buy better quality, above average, better quality kibbles, more expensive. Uh, and I, I, I get I get wet food for him. I get um, So I used to have uh, food that's sent to me every day, uh, not every day, every month. Uh, and it cost me about 200 ringgit for... Um, for 28 days of fresh meat. So I didn't want to overfeed him on meat. So I decided to give him good quality kibbles. Um, you know, it cost me about, uh, about 80 to 100 ringgit for 1.5 kg. It's not the highest quality. It's not the highly organic, but uh, that it is It is not of just mass production. So so I, about 100 ringgit for 1.5 kg and uh uh, depending, and I um, I gave him that for the afternoon or the more I mean the morning. He eats twice a day, but the night one I gave him a little bit more fuller, which has meat and has some kibble. So the, so the kibbles become like rice, you know. And I think it's very important we choose the type of food that our our pets eat because that will also determine uh, the 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 quality of life and health that they will have in their older days. When I think of my grandparents and my parents, right, when they had their own pets, right, I don't know whether it's to save costs. They end up just giving their own human scraps to the dog to eat, right? But that 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 I have heard is actually not good for your pet because these pet foods that you buy, these kibbles that you buy, that you know they don't have to be the high range one, but you know they are mostly. S- tailored recipe yes. for your pet, right? You know, some, like, I think, I think you know, the dry foods that you give your dog, right, helps with their taking care of their teeth and everything. And that's not necessarily applies to your leftover curry chicken that, or fried <laughs> fish that you're going to leave out for your cat or your dog, right? Absolutely. I, I truly agree with you because one of my no-nos is no food from the table, no human food for them because they cannot take the kind of level of salt that that, that we have, we eat, you know, and that's not good for their skin. And sugar is indigestible for most pets. Uh, even fruits, you know, we, we can't just give them grapes because, you know, they, they can't digest them. Uh, uh, of course, chocolates are no-no. The other cost, maybe less so for cats, you know, I think cats don't really need this. They can self-groom. But for dogs, right? grooming is can be expensive i mean maybe you can share some insights how much does it cost how often do you spend on your dog's grooming no let me say this his grooming is definitely more expensive than mine (laughs) (laughs) and uh, because you love him so much of course you want him to look nice be proud of him and and so the grooming um the, the grooming that I uh, spend on or the cost of grooming that I spend on is, is, is about 90 ringgit. And it happens about one month to one month plus thereabouts uh, because he's just Shizu, Shizu and his hair does grow quite fast and covering his eyes. <laughs> it looks like a shabby dog. So I, I need to do that uh, for him. And, and uh, I don't 
take I don't get home calls because some of my friends say, Why don't you do home calls? Uh wow, I do home calls as times two, you know. And and the so price, I times two my, the price. Yes, times two doubles, you know, you get, you get hundred, some some even I mean some even two hundred ringgit. No, I, I don't believe unless you unless you want to go for competition. So I don't believe in that. Uh, I believe in you know keep making sure that his food is 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 of good quality. Uh, he's well maintained as we mentioned. And the other thing I do is because Shizu's have got um uh, you know the fur that grows around his paws and eyes. So I just buy the what do you call that the shaver that I can just do, do it on my uh, on my own and I don't send him for shower every week. Some of my friends send their dogs to for shower every week. I don't know why, but I think showering your own pet is such a therapy. You bond with them and you save money. That's what I like. <laughs> I buy a good shampoo because, you know, you got to know what are the problems you, the breed of your uh, has. Shizus usually have skin problems. So I get good shampoos. Um, the higher quality one cost me about 70, 90 ringgit per bottle, which lasts me about three months. Only when I'm really, really uh, so busy, I then I'll send him for mini grooming, which is about 50 ringgit. But other than that, one and a half months later, I'll send him for the full grooming. Um, you know, that will cost me about 90 ringgit to 95. And that's that's affordable. I think I, that's, I think that's, that's right. almost the same range as a cat. And again, I think cats don't need to be groomed that often, but there are services available and they'll probably range around that um, from what I've seen online. But again, you know, if the cat owners are listening to into this and they have any uh, insights, uh, do, do, do message in, right? What about these other costs that would come? Maybe these other toys or uh, yeah. little tiny houses and stuff like that. Have you spent on that? Yes, yes, yes. So, so definitely they want toys. You know, I, I'm a financial planner, so I'm a very practical person. I don't buy expensive toys. Uh, I buy toys from, uh, you know, online or I just, I just get a simple tennis ball and he's happy with it. You know, or, or I make do with some things that... that and uh, the other thing is the wee wee pad um, and uh, dog pampers because uh, he, he, I don't want him to just urinate everywhere when I bring him out. Yeah, toys, toothpaste, clothes, um, some... People spend, some owners spend a lot on clothes. So I buy clothes online. It's, uh, it's a reasonable price. So I spend, you know, VV pads, dog pampers, toys, not toys every week, every month, but uh, toothpaste, all this recurring, uh, about f- another 50 ringgit per month uh, on extras. Now, I want to talk about pet insurance. Yeah, so, you know, do you have pet insurance for your dog? Are you aware of the uh, pet insurance options in the market? I don't have pet insurance for my dog because number one, I've done my own financial planning and therefore when I plan for my life, I plan for my fur kid as well because he's part of my family. And number two, that's number one. Number two is that I'm aware of pet insurance but I've never really gone to think about or to to uh, explore them fully because I don't need them. Uh, and three is that I believe that uh, before I even buy insurance for my own pets, you know, we need to ask ourselves, are we are we sufficiently insured? Usually we insure our car more than we insure our own lives. Yeah. We insure our pets more than our own lives, right? Yeah. So I think we, you know, that that is my stand when it comes mm-hmm. to pet insurance for my pet. I think if I, I mean, insurance, insurance for pets uh, aren't that expensive, are not that expensive, but it doesn't cover a whole range of things. There are a lot of exclusions as well. So I'd rather use the premiums um, and put it aside. Uh, or I mean, if I were to spend a few hundred ringgits a year just for pet insurance, I'd rather put that aside somewhere on my own as, you know, allocation for my pet, uh, which, which 
I mean, for me, my financial planning includes my fur kid. So that's that's part of it. But if you have a discipline in saving, that means if you don't want to be slammed with a huge medical bill suddenly because you have to send a pet for echo or some medication or hospitalization, there's a few thousand dollars, you know, down the road. Um, and you don't have that extra money, then maybe it's good to get pet, uh, a relatively uh, cost-effective pet insurance so that uh, it, it doesn't, it doesn't, you know, give you that, that, huge bill when that happens. And maybe so, when your pet is a bit older, then it's something to consider, right? There are, you know, a variety, there are a few companies that I think have given out pet insurance. And I think like you said, right, I mean, they're no, not as expensive as a human insurance, but still they do cover things like uh, vet fees, surgical fees, you know, overnight stays yes. and everything, x-rays and all that. So yeah. There, there's one that covers third-party liability in case uh, they injure another person, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. Some insurance, some pet insurance want your dogs to be or your pets to be microchipped mm. uh, before they can take them on. So finally, um, as a, you know, a two-time pet owner, right, what are some tips you have for the listeners? First-time pet owners, right, those that are looking to get their first fur baby, right? How would you advise them to go about it? What would you advise them to kind of like consider first before taking this uh, step? Because at the end of the day, you know, this is this isn't a toy or something that you can take and pick up, you know. It's it's, yeah. it's a life, you know. They, they have emotions, you leave an impression, right? So it's, it's not something to take lightly off if you yourself are not prepared to do it, right? Yes. And I always say that as a financial planner, before you take on, as you say, a life, you know, as in a pet, cat or dog, check your own financial life first. Have you done the right things for yourself first? I mean, I, I don't, I'm not saying that you have to be retirement ready now, but you need to also get your finances in place because when your finances are not in place, then you cannot deal with emergencies that we cannot foresee um, and, and all the other incidentals. So for new pet owners, uh, decide how much can you put aside for uh, your pet and then also decide what kind of breed. Because sometimes we decide on the type, the breed, you know, the size of the huge dogs and they eat a lot. And then that's beyond your budget. Now, the reason why I got Shizu is not so much of the budget more because I just want to hold him and put him, you know, onto my bed, that sort of thing. But, you know, think about the, the breed, you know, how much you need to put aside. Now, small dogs, usually 300 to 500 per month, I would say, you know, combining all that we have said. Larger, jo- larger dogs, maintainers can double or even triple because they eat a lot, a lot, a lot. And uh, I just want to say that if you if you, you have not done your finances and you're struggling your finances, don't own a pet yet because they are living beings. They need to be given given good quality food, good care, good uh, good maintenance. Uh, if you you know don't you know then get your finances first. If you really need to have uh, to pet a pet, go and play with your friends' pets, <laughs> and um, you know. And the other thing is time. Time is another issue because time is not. Um, it cannot be valued in, in in terms of monetary value, but pets need our love. They need our time. So if you don't have time, um, don't do that. Pets give us joy. The 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 return on uh, investment of pets is really valueless. So I would say minimally put aside three hundred per month for your pet's basic needs. 
uh, and if you need an insurance, pet insurance, go get it. But you know, check it out. What are the yeah? What are the uh, what are the terms and conditions? Uh, but if you are a disciplined person, I would say save the premium. Put into an investment portfolio or a saving portfolio called your pet's medical plan. But first up, get your own financial life in place and in order first. Because then your fur kids, be it your fur kids or even your kids, uh, they will benefit from it or they will suffer because nothing's done. All right. Yeah. And that's all the time we have for Ringgit and Sense. I've been speaking to Joyce Chua, CEO of Success Concepts. Join us again next week for more discussions on personal finance. I'm Simwi Boon from The Morning Run. We've got the 10am News Bulletin coming up next, followed by Enterprise BFM 89.9. Ringgit and Sense on BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.